Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Alex Luchinsky of Delevant. At Adult Site Broker, we're proud to announce our latest project, thewaronporn.com. You'll find articles from industry websites, as well as mainstream publications from around the world. It's designed to raise awareness of our industry's plight in the war on porn and the numerous attacks on our industry and online free speech by hate groups, the religious right, and politicians. You'll find all that and more at thewaronporn.com. You've probably noticed our new podcast site at adultsitebroker.com. It has a more modern look with easier navigation and more information on our guests, including their social media links. For more, go to adultsitebrokertalk.com. And we've doubled our affiliate payouts on ASB Cash. Now, when you refer sellers or buyers to us, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to present a -a one-of-a-kind, unique, and legendary site. It's a pro-amateur ethnic reality site founded in 2005. It's styled after popular late-night shows like The Tonight Show. Viewers never know what to expect. With a variety of different performers from brand new amateurs to famous porn stars, there's no other site quite like it. It continues to grow and expand with no major competitors in the niche. What makes it unique is their 100% original content that has uncensored and unscripted reality TV-style scenes. They let the performers be themselves while having fun. Their video trailers are short webisodes that encourage the viewers and are immensely popular. Almost all the visitors are organic with some affiliate traffic. The site gets almost 20 joins and 40 rebills a day. This iconic site is available for only $1.4 million. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Alex Luchinsky of Delivit. Alex, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Absolutely. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. Now, Alex was born in the Ukraine and is of Jewish heritage. Shalom. He moved to the U.S. at the age of 12, carrying with him a deep-seated ambition and an entrepreneurial spirit. As an adult, he gravitated toward the electronic and cybersecurity industries, ultimately shaping him into a dedicated advocate for digital rights protection. Alex's journey towards founding Delivit was ignited by the desire to help a close friend and fueled by a deeply personal tragedy, which illuminated the stark need for an effective solution for every creator to address copyright enforcement. With the collective efforts of a committed team, Delivit was brought into existence. It's a platform that empowers content creators to enforce their copyrights, safeguard their earnings, and preserve their reputations. His personal investment in this mission, combined with innovative strategies, has positioned Delivit as a trusted partner in the world of content protection. 
Delavid empowers creators with intuitive and effective tools that allow them to easily report infringing links for removal with just two clicks. Delavid puts creators in a proactive position to deal with infringements where they most commonly occur. As a result, creators can focus more on their craft while effectively maintaining their content's exclusivity. By successfully facilitating millions of content takedowns, Delavid has not only proven its effectiveness, but also has directly boosted creators' incomes, established itself as an essential tool in the toolkit of content creators everywhere. Looking into the future, Delavid is positioned to evolve alongside the dynamic landscape of digital content creation and ownership, providing steadfast content protection and fostering sustainable growth for creators worldwide. And I'm sorry, Alex, that's all the time we have for today. (laughs) So, Alex, what do you think of leaked content and how does it affect the adult industry? Well, I believe it completely changed the adult industry and diminished a lot of its potential revenue. If you look at the adult industry as a whole, worldwide, it's currently estimated by some estimates at about $100 billion. And adult content also happens to be the most pirated content on the web, with some estimates saying that as much as 37% of adult content is pirated. Now, you know, it doesn't mean that that's only $37 billion. It means that 37% of it is pirated. But how many views is it actually stealing? So what would the adult industry be if piracy was actually addressed properly by the adult industry? Do you think that the industry as a whole is properly addressing piracy and and why or why not? I believe that a lot of people kind of gave up overall. I think it's just been a very difficult problem to deal with because Every solution that's come out has always been kind of part of a solution. And they missed a lot of things. Automated systems miss things. Human systems are tedious and impossible to use and just cause burnout. So people stop using them. There just hasn't really been anything like, you know, what we've created here, which actually allows you to deal with where your clients are looking. You know, bots are looking where bots are looking. It doesn't mean your clients are there. It just means that there might be some leaked content that nobody's looking at. Gotcha. Now, to be clear, are you strictly working with creators or are you also working with large companies? Uh, We are currently focusing on creators. Uh, We do plan to work with larger companies as well. We just want to kind of take it one market at a time where the need is the highest. And from what we've identified, the need seems to be the highest right now with OnlyFans. OnlyFans content seems to be extremely leaked. There's hardly any creator out there whose name you cannot type in on Google with the word OnlyFans behind them, expecting to see advertisements for their OnlyFans, but you get all the content. Interesting. Now... We mentioned in the bio, or I did at the top, about copyrighted content. How much of this content is actually copyrighted? Well, the way copyright works is as soon as you create something and you post it on any public you know, type of a, a source like the internet, um, you have automatic copyright protection. However, if you want to sue for damages, 
venue to register that work. So you cannot sue for damages, but you still have copyright protection to request its removal if you don't authorize its sharing. Hmm. I've never heard it explained that way before. How much of it is registered copyright content among the creators? I wouldn't think too much. Very little. It's it's a very small number. Uh, typically, the registrations happen if a lawsuit is about to happen. So if, let's say, you've sent your takedown notices, you know, you followed up with cease and desist, you've done everything you can, and at this point you feel like you want to go to court, at this point you would actually register your, your works, and once they're registered copyrighted works, then you could actually sue for damages. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Why do you think the issue of leaked content is often swept under the rug? I think it's because uh, it's just been a problem that nobody's seen a solution to. You know, it's it's inevitable to happen to everything that people see as unsolvable. For many years, leaked content seemed like something that's just impossible to deal with. And many people simply stopped trying. And other people found ways to justify its existence, like, you know, saying that, oh, well, it's advertising. Oh, well, it's more, more exposure or, you know, things like that. But, you know, the fact remains is that leak content is a serious and growing problem and it directly impacts perceived value, first and foremost, customer satisfaction, because nobody's happy to see something they just paid $100 for for free on the web. And, of course, creator revenue. Where is most of this leaked content? Well, the, the way we look at it is this. How do people use the internet, right? People use the internet by starting on Google, typically, right? And searching for something. So the leaked content is spread across many different websites. Right. But I mean, are most of them on tube sites? Not as much as before. Tube sites have really cleaned up like especially the bigger ones they, they're really cleaned up and they're very responsive well if they want if they want processing or any hope of having processing these days they have to clean up exactly exactly so you know they, they've been actually pretty good there are some like for example cam horse is a big one they just they don't respond to anything you know we're, we're building evidence at this point there's there's quite a few that are Kind of like tube sites, but they're not, let's say, the bigger ones. There's also some uh, recently in Russia, uh, sites that are ran in Russia have kind of stopped responding because of the war. Or that's the reason they give you anyway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because uh, it's an American law and, you know, we're from America. So, Uh, but some still respond. We, We still have some Russian websites that do respond and remove the content. They have what's called OnlyFans leak sites. But for the most part, what I've been able to see, because I had some guy want to list those with me. And first of all, the name of them just, I went, no, I'm not doing this. And then I looked at the sites just for kicks and giggles. And I found out that all they were were redirects to ads. Yeah, a lot of the time they are. So a lot of the time... um there's many sites that promise you OnlyFans leaks, and then you just go through a whole bunch of ads and you end up getting nothing. But the funny thing is that just promising leaks, whether you have them or not, is also considered copyright infringement. 
Well, it is. And let's take it another step. Who's selling those ads? I mean, do you have that kind of information? Uh, Not always, not for every site, but we do gather that for a lot of the different sites. And if we have to, then we contact the ad company as well and let them know about the infringements happening. And we try to entice them to stop working with that company unless they comply. Yeah, and that's coming a lot more into vogue now because people are talking about that on the boards about, hey, these traffic sites that are selling you ads, okay, they're using your pirated content. Exactly. (laughs) Something wrong with that. So there's an argument floating around that piracy acts as a form of advertising for creators. You touched on this, but what's your perspective? Uh, Well, my perspective is that, sure, piracy does act as a form of advertising, kind of, but that's misleading because all it does is superficially increases visibility, but ultimately it robs creators of control over, over their own content and it actually diminishes their sales. The way I see it is, yes, piracy could be used as a form of advertisement in a sense, but the creators should be the ones that are selling their content or sharing profits or whatever, you know, it could still be pirated if they want to call it that, right? If it's appealing to people, that's fine, but do it the proper way. Contact the creators, get the permission, let them give you the content they want out there, do a profit share, everybody wins. Yeah, make them an affiliate. Absolutely. You know, as opposed to it being a pirated thing, like many of the tube sites do, make the person running that content, an affiliate, and then you're right. Everybody absolutely wins. Exactly. This way, literally everybody wins. There's no losses here. You know, the creators create their content. They should get paid for it. And stealing their content to make money on the side illegally, it just, I think it's wrong. You know what I mean? I, I think in today's world, there's a lot of different ways to kind of recreate this whole idea that stealing is okay. Like, sure, yes, people should get free content. Of course, I'm not against that. But there are ways to do it that's beneficial for everyone. Yeah, and unfortunately, I would say that 99% of the people you're dealing with don't really give a shit about doing things the right way. I agree. I agree. This is exactly why more people need to stand up for their rights one way or another. And the more people stand up, kind of like... If, if you look at, you know, historically, the last really big stand that anybody took was the music industry back in the 2000s against, uh, you know, Napster and, you know, all these other peer-to-peer sharing sites. And they were very successful. You know, music piracy is significantly down. There's a lot of, you know, DRM uh, softwares in place all, all over social media that are a requirement for them to have if they offer songs. And they catch, uh, you know, pirated content before it even goes up. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I hope, I'm not going to say I think, but I hope this industry is headed in that direction. I've given this a lot of thought over the last few days. And my thought on it is this industry really needs to somehow pull together and go after the piracy. The only problem is it's really hard to get this industry to come together on anything. I agree. This is why 
what we've created is kind of genius because it allows everybody to pull together without knowing that they're doing it. <laughs> that's, that's a great idea. So you literally just help yourself. That's it. You help yourself. Somebody else helps, you know, themselves and so on and so forth. And the more people help themselves and nobody else, the more they help everyone as a whole. Yeah, because it all goes into the database, right? Exactly. And then the more data we have of infringers that are repeat infringers and so on and so forth that don't comply, the bigger the lawsuit can be, the bigger the lawsuit, the faster they get shut down. And the more of these different infringers we identify and shut down, the less leak content there's going to be out there and the more money there's going to be for all creators ultimately. Sure. And again, also the the larger owners of you know multiple sites and big production companies. Oh, absolutely. Because it, it, all, it all trickles up, right? Let's say you take OnlyFans, right? If each creator makes an extra, you know, 10%, that means that OnlyFans makes an extra 10%. I'm not too worried about them, but yeah, you know, I, I look at some of the, the mid-level website owners in this industry, people who own 10, 20, 30, 50 websites. I mean, there's also the large guys like MindGeek and Gamma, and, and they're also partners of mine, and, and we work very closely together, but they do just fine. But the people in the in-between space who have 30, 50, even 10 websites, they're the ones getting hurt the worst by this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the creators, obviously. And let's face it, the creators are the backbone of this industry. There's no two ways about it. So how does Delavet empower creators to fight content leaks more effectively? Okay, so we provide a very simple and powerful solution to address content leaks in real time. We do this by combining the power of automation, AI, with the precision of human intelligence. So basically, we empower creators, content owners, if you will, to take immediate action against their own content leaks. They're most visible with a single internet search and two-click content takedown. So Let's say you're a creator, you search for your own name with the word leaked, for example, right? Or the word, wh whatever is relevant to your industry, right? Let's say you're, you're not even in the adult industry and you create audiobooks, right? And you search for free downloads when you know it should be for sale. There's plenty of those infringements as well, right? So you see any of those, you just right click and say it's infringing. And that's it. Well, can't you just click your name? Click your name. Yeah, I mean, if if a creator just clicked their name, can they see what comes up? Yeah, you can, but then it's not very, um, for, for most people, it's not very focused, right? So a lot of creators typically have a lot of content that's not necessarily leaked. Maybe there's uh, news articles, other pictures that are not. Yeah, you know. but, the, but my point is this, the pirate might not put leaked on it. They might not put free on it. They might just put it on their site and not pay anybody. That's my point. Yeah, I, I see your point. From our experience, when you just search by name only, you don't really get any kind of you know content that's premium, at least from what I've seen thus far. So typically adding another keyword such as, you know, for example, for OnlyFans creators, which is the bulk of our clients right now, for most of them, it would be name, 
plus the word OnlyFans, sometimes that's not enough if they have a lot of advertising going. Uh, sometimes it actually hides a lot of the leaked content and you have to actually type in, you know, their name OnlyFans nude or their name OnlyFans leaked and, you know, so on and so forth to get to the actual content that's leaked. And clients will do that as well. Like, you know, if let's say you're considering signing up to a creator and most people will do a quick Google search, right? Like, let me see what she's all about before I pay, you know, these 10, 20, whatever dollars a month. And, you know, you get reviews, you get YouTube reviews and things like that, which is fine, right? They want that. You get other descriptions, advertising, they want that as well. But, you know, when you come in there and you get all of the pictures and all their glory with nothing left to, to the imagination, along with in the video section, whatever else you want to see, how likely are you to spend the money now? I mean, you have plenty of content. Right. So my question then is, how different, let's say, Jane Doe, if Jane Doe goes to Google and searches Jane Doe nude or goes to Delivet and searches, makes the same search, how different is that search going to be? Well, so the way Delivet works is um, it's actually an extension to Chrome or Firefox and you search on Google. So you literally get Google results. And as you report it, we send the takedowns on your behalf directly to Google and the infringing parties. And Google de-indexes it typically within 24 hours or so. So when you come back tomorrow, all that stuff that was on Google is now gone. And now there's, you know, if let's say you're, um, you know, one of those really popular creators that has a ton of leak content, Google doesn't give you everything at once. It gives you kind of like the top 100, 200 relevant things at a time. And, you know, when you come back the next day, there's going to be more. So do you, on an automated basis, make those reports to Google? Once the content is reported by the client, then our system takes care of the rest, yes. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. That's a huge time saver. Okay. So why is human interaction an important part of Delavit's approach? I'll give you a little story of how I got into this in the first place. I had a very close friend of mine who, who passed away a couple of years ago. She was a creator on OnlyFans and, you know, she, she had, I think at the time, over 13 million followers on Instagram. So you can imagine how popular she was on OnlyFans. <laughs> So she had a ton of leak content, and, and I mean a ton. And she's tried every service that exists. And after a couple of years of this, and I think over $50,000 spent, she's like, Alex, she's like, I know you like to solve problems. She's like, I, I just, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, none of this is working. Can you look into this? And that's kind of how it all began. And then, unfortunately, about two months later, she passed. And she passed with two young kids who she never wanted to know about this, which is why she was very adamant about getting it removed. How old was she? 30, 30 years old. Oh my God. Yeah, very young. So yeah, so that kind of drove me to like, okay, well, if she didn't know me, like we'd be screwed. So now I have to get this done. Yeah, it's kind of like, this was kind of like a personal crusade for you. Exactly, exactly. Because I'm like, I have to get her content off the internet. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to do it. So 
We examined every system that's out there. We looked at what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. And we basically came to the conclusion that bots, AI, all these things, they recognize a decent part of it, right? But if you look at Google's transparency reports, all of these automated systems, their accuracy is like in the 50% range. So they report all kinds of stuff that's just, you know, it's just not accurate. It's not related. Our accuracy is uh, over 90 over 90%. Over 90%, yes. Jeez, that's great. And uh, and it's still going up. We're still making slight adjustments to make it go up. That's because of the database and all the information you have. Well, that and, you know, and also because it's human reporting, right? So if you're the creator, you know your content. You could see an elbow and, you know, a shot of an elbow, you know it's you. AI is not going to know it's you. Unless it analyzes the whole video. And to do that, you're looking at ridiculously expensive systems that no creator is going to be able to afford. You know, one of our core principles is to make this accessible and affordable to every single creator on the planet, which is why we have a free plan. So that brings about the question, how much does it cost a creator to remove leaked content with uh, Delibit? Like I said, we do have a free plan, uh, which includes one monthly takedown from Google. It's not one link. It's up to 500 links within that takedown. So you could basically search Google thoroughly and you get one free takedown per month, every month, no matter what, which, you know, is great because it keeps the Google search results down. You might not be taking it off the source, but at least even though it's at the source, it's not going to get relisted on Google. And 90% of all internet searches happen on Google. So if somebody's looking for your leaked content, they're going to start on Google, not some, you know, duck, some duck, go. other <laughs> website. <laughs> yeah. So that, that helps a lot. Like just by doing that, you can already start seeing an increase in subscribers and, you know, maybe an increase in retention. Because, you know, when people start finding content that they purchased from you online for free, they start unsubscribing. They don't feel good about their purchase. Imagine you just spend 50 bucks and then you go online and it's right there, free. Yeah, if you're paying for something and (laughs) somebody else is giving it away for free, why pay for it? Well, you're paying for exclusivity, which is, you know, that's what you're paying for. You're paying to, to get exclusive access to something that nobody else has. And then as soon as you find out that it's not that exclusive, it kind of kills customer satisfaction right then and there. Big time. So what do they have to pay if they don't have a free plan? Yeah, so we have uh, other plans beyond that. So we have a a $50 plan, a $100 plan, and a $200 plan, and that's where it stops for us. These are all self-service plans. They're all full-featured, including the free plan. The only difference between them is how many takedowns you get to send per month. That's all it is. And at 200, you're completely unlimited. At 100, you get to send uh, weekly takedowns. And then at 50, you get to send one takedown per month to every single web. It doesn't matter how many websites you have. So if let's say your content is leaked across a thousand domains, you get to send a thousand takedowns for $50. Yeah, so it's just the more the frequency, with the exception of the unlimited plan. The first two, it's based on the frequency of when you can do it. Yeah, and the unlimited plan we basically recommend for kind of top 1% creators that have a ton of leaked content and they want to do daily submissions. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at affordability, probably the top 
1% are the ones who are going to choose to afford that anyway. So, Well, compared to every other competitor out there, like, for example, the ones that uh, OnlyFans recommend, at $100, you get a, an assessment and some kind of monitoring, and then their plans for creators actually start around 350 and up. So they're actually recommending somebody who isn't as good. I'm not going to say they're not as good. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I don't, you can I don't, say I don't that. Wanna... You, you already basically said it, so. <laughs> they're different. They're different. Okay, okay. I like how you take the high road there. They capture, you know, what they capture, they produce some level of results, but because they don't really have the self-reporting that we have, it's kind of a big missing piece. You know, they do allow you to send in links, but capturing those links, you're looking at about 10 clicks per link plus switching screens and softwares, and it's a nightmare. So it's a lot more difficult to use and it costs more is what it comes down to. If you want to self-report, it's difficult to use. If you want to just let it run and hope that they do a good job, uh, you could do that as well. But I guarantee you there's always going to be stuff you know, on there uh, and much more than if you use us. We've tested this. like We've taken clients from these platforms and they're just flabbergasted at the results and the difference in cost. And they're like, wow, this is amazing. Very good. So share some success stories, if you would, where Delavit has helped creators reclaim their content and revenue. Well, I would say I believe everyone that actually uses it is a success story in their own way. I don't think we have any unsuccess stories except for people that sign up and then don't use it. Those would probably be the only ones. But the ones that actually use it, they're all success stories. And, you know, we, we've actually received, uh, you know, a lot of thank you emails, uh, some thanking us for their increases in revenue and, you know, some reporting as much as over 20% increase in just a month, which is amazing. You know, we've had others which, you know, which honestly, I, I'd like those a little more. <laughs> They're not really revenue related. Like I received an email saying, oh my God, I'm so happy I found you. You've literally saved my life. You know, I was doing adult content before and I really wanted to put that behind me. And I thought there was no way for me to remove it from the internet. But, you know, thanks to you, it's all gone and I can move forward with my life. That's really freaking awesome. Well, so let me ask you this, though. There's people who want to remove their content, but the content has been, in some respects, paid for, say, by a production company. That they would have to deal with the production company. Okay, okay, okay. This is just a case where they want to get it off an OnlyFans type of site. It was their content. So in, in this case, uh, this particular girl, in her letter, she kind of gave us the whole story. So she had a boyfriend when she was 18, and he convinced her to do adult videos on Pornhub. And they, they put it up on Pornhub, and then it got leaked from Pornhub to all over the place. And... You know, because a lot of these tube sites, they kind of steal from each other, right? It's not like they have original content or creators posting. And it's probably not even on Pornhub anymore because of the recent rules that they passed. So it's not on Pornhub because she removed it from Pornhub using her own account and said, take it down. And, you know, obviously Pornhub complied. But all the other sites, that was a problem. And she tried to do it manually, sending them, you know, please remove it, blah, blah, blah. They obviously ignored her, and she signed up with us, and within a month, everything's gone. 
That is fantastic. So why do you think automated content protection solutions aren't as effective as what you do? Well, automated solutions um, that are accessible to most, they offer the advantage of scanning a lot of digital landscape, but they often miss much of the leaks that literally any human with an internet connection can easily catch. And they leave leak content behind exactly where potential clients would look for it. So that's kind of the biggest shortcoming. And you, you can actually test this out, you know, find any creator that's protected by any of these automated systems and go to Google and search for their leak content. It's going to be right there, the first couple of results, because it misses it. It doesn't catch all of it. These automated systems, they're more trained on a specific set of domains, right? Like they'll have whatever database of domains, you know, diff different companies have different databases, of course, and they're trained to search on those domains. And even there, they get a low accuracy. Again, what's accessible to most, right? Of course, there's, you know, systems that could do massive amounts of data scanning, but it becomes completely unaffordable for anybody to actually use as a creator. Maybe if you're Instagram, you could do that or Pornhub, right? But as an individual creator, you're not going to spend thousands of dollars per month or, you know, maybe even fives or tens of thousands of dollars to deal with this. It's just, it's unrealistic for most, you know, most people don't have that kind of budget. No, or they just won't spend it. I mean, even those that can afford it are, are probably not going to spend that much. Yeah, very true. Very true. So can you tell us about Delavit's reporting process in a little more detail? Sure, absolutely. It all began with uh, the realization that automation will not catch all content leaks and that self-reporting is required. So the biggest problem with self-reporting, um, as we mentioned earlier, is, is just very tedious. It takes very many clicks, multiple tools, organization of the links, and you know, a bunch of other tedious tasks. So we basically re-engineered that whole process and uh, we said, okay, what can we automate here? What do we actually need from the client? And that's where we came up with this simple two-click system. So we created extensions for Chrome and for Firefox, where once you install the extension, in your right-click menu, you have another item that appears and it says add link to infringing. And then whatever you see online that you don't want online that's infringing on your copyrights, you just right-click it and hit add link to infringing. And you keep going. You don't need to switch screens. You don't need to go anywhere else. You could just click on the next one and on the next one and on the next one. So by creating this, we actually sped up the process of self-reporting by about 5 to 10x. That actually sounds pretty easy. Yeah, it literally takes about two seconds or less per link. Because as fast as you can get, if you click faster, it'll take you faster. So how can Devil It help increase a creator's income? Okay, so creators make money by selling their subscriptions, right? And exclusive content to their subscribers. So when content leaks and it's available for free online, the premium content that they're trying to sell, it actually loses exclusivity and desirability. So by allowing creators to address and eliminate content leaks, we help them maintain the exclusivity and the perceived value of their premium content, which in turn encourages more subscribers it encourages existing subscribers to stay, and that typically results in a boost in their revenues. 
Okay. What do you want creators to know most about Delavit and its mission? At Delavit, our mission is to empower all creators to enforce their copyrights and remove leaked content from the internet. I'd say that we want creators to know that Delavit puts them in a position of control, first and foremost, over their content and how it is shared. And dealing with piracy is not as difficult or expensive as they might think. So take action. Fight back. Yeah, it must be to most creators, like the one you told me about, they must really kind of have this overwhelmed feeling like there's nothing I can do about this. And if I did try to do it, it would cost me tens of thousands of dollars. Absolutely. That is the status quo. And the reason that is the status quo is because that's been the conditioning over the last 30 years or so. You know, you think leak content, piracy, you immediately think, oh my God, lawyer. When you think lawyer, you think, oh my God, thousands of dollars. And oh my God, I have 50 leaks just right here in front of me. I can't afford to even think about this. Well, I guess it is what it is. My life is over or whatever the case may be. Others just say, well, what can I do? My life is over. Many people don't even know that you could request removal of your content from the internet. Many people don't even realize that they own the content that they create. So it's, it's really a big challenge of education. And I feel that the reason there wasn't a whole lot of education before is because there weren't really any tools like this where literally everybody can have free access that just didn't exist. So, you know, people tend to avoid problems or discussing problems that they can't solve. So how does Delavent help creators who have significant amounts of leak content, like you told me about one that had millions of links? How do you help someone like that? So there's several different ways. In their case, they actually did it themselves for a while using our system. Again, like I mentioned earlier, Google doesn't show you everything at once. It only shows you the most relevant couple hundred links. So with that in mind, you know, if you think about it, it only takes about 10 to 15 minutes per day to go through that. It's not the end of the world, really. Even if you have a ton of leak content, it's just going to take more weeks or months or whatever to get to a point where you're just dealing with the new stuff. Because, you know, content consistently leaks. As you create content, somebody steals it, they leak it out. It's an ongoing problem. It's not going anywhere, at least not for a while. But at the same time, you can really put a, a damper on it and, you know, really limit the amount of leak content that's out there, which helps encourage people to actually go to you and pay for it. If you have just a couple of pictures or one video, chances are you're still getting that sign up. But if I search for you and I get tens, maybe even hundreds of your videos, why am I going to sign up? Yeah. Another thing that we offer is we offer fully managed solutions. So what we do is we assign a DMCA agent directly to that person. We don't have DMCA agents that have more than two client assignments to make sure that they're experts in each client. Because, you know, once you start dealing with four or five, you know, it, it just it gets confusing. Sometimes you misreport. We, we want to stay away from that. And we typically try to assign two clients that don't look like each other to the same agent. So they can really identify and they learn all of their tattoos, body marks, every piece of what they look like. So they can identify them from very little information that's available in the preview shots and so on and so forth. 
sometimes they have to actually watch the videos to really make sure that we're reporting the right stuff. And yeah, we just handle it for the creators. We actually make it very affordable. How expensive is that? So it depends on how um, diligent you want to be about it, right? Like if, if you're like, okay, I really need to get all of it gone like right away. We have what we call the A-bomb. <laughs> we basically, within three months, we pretty much get the internet to a point where it's just, there's hardly anything there at all. Uh, like 90 to 95% clean. And uh, that's about $3,000 for somebody that has a ton of the content. But somebody that doesn't have a lot of lead content, they would usually pay about three fifty a month, maybe five hundred a month. So again, we we try to keep it as reasonable as possible because we want to make it available for everybody. We really want people to take action. Our goal here is not to, you know, rake in as much profit as possible from every creator. Like all these automated systems, that's kind of their their thing. You know, they sign you up and you're a client forever. And with us, I'm happy if you go to the free plan. Like, if that's all you need, thank God. No, I completely get it. Why do you consider Delivit an essential tool for creators? I believe it's an essential tool because of its self-reporting capabilities. We made it free to be able to call it an essential tool. It's hard to say something is an essential tool and then charge money for it. So that's why we made that self-reporting free and we even give you some level of, you know, takedowns with that. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you take the free plan? I mean, it just makes sense. It's always free. We never charge you. It's not a trial. It's not a, you know, start for free and you have to upgrade. You never have to upgrade. You get the free plan. If you don't feel that you want to submit to all these other sites, don't. Nobody's forcing you. But at least you have that self-reporting tool, which most creators search themselves online. That's, you know, that's a fact, right? You want to know where you're visible, what's out there about you. In fact, a lot of people in general search for themselves online. So as you do that with having the Levit kind of in your toolbox, if you see something that shouldn't be there, you can just right click and hit infringing right then and there. Very cool. How many of the, or what percentage should I say of the free members become a paid member? Uh, typically once they actually start using it and they see that their stuff is not just on one website and it's, you know, they call it leaks for a reason, right? It's, sure. it's not drops. <laughs> typically when something leaks, it leaks all over. And because they all copy from each other, from what we've seen, the smallest amount of sites that we've seen something leaked on was about 50. So when people start adding links, to the system and they see how many sites their stuff is actually on, it's a no-brainer at that point to, you know, pay 50 bucks and get it all down. We're not locking you in on a, on a plan forever. You could pay 50 bucks one time, go back to free. It's fine. We build this to empower creators and to help creators not to, you know, force them into something they can't afford. No, that's great. That's absolutely great. What should creators look for in a content protection solution in general? So several things. First and foremost, effectiveness, user friendliness, affordability, promptness of results. I would say self-reporting. Maybe I'm a little biased. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, there are many options on the market. There really are. Uh, Most of them, however, are far from solutions. They call themselves solutions, but, you know, maybe combined with other options, they could be. But 
people don't seem to cooperate very much in, in these industries. I, I, don't, I don't know why that is. You know, to me, it seems cooperation is the best way to success, right? Like, uh, look at Google, for example. If they didn't cooperate or buy out all these other companies, they would just be a search engine. But because they chose to cooperate, they're this amazing conglomerate that could do all these things. So as we wrap up, what's the one key takeaway you'd like creators to remember about your company? Taking action is key. Piracy is not as difficult or expensive to deal with as uh, many may think. In fact, it's uh, very easy, it's inexpensive, and it's now available to all. So I urge people to give it a try, theleva.com, see results for themselves with just a few minutes of their time. Fantastic. Alex, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Side Broker Talk, and I hope we get a chance to do it again soon. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Bruce. This was a very great podcast. My broker tip today is part four of how to buy a site. Last week, we discussed making an offer and deciding the best price for the site you're buying. Once you've made your offer, the work begins. If you're working with a broker, like say, oh, I don't know, maybe adult site broker, we handle the negotiation for you. Let's say the seller doesn't accept your offer. They may make a counteroffer. If you decide that you're willing to pay more, you can either accept their counteroffer or counter back to them. A good rule of thumb is to always leave room to negotiate, so don't make an offer that's the absolute most you're willing to pay. If you do that, then you have nowhere to go if the owner counters your offer. Once the owner and you have come to a deal, then it's time to do some due diligence beyond what it is you've already done. During the initial process of looking at the site, you should have asked some questions, like in the case of a pay site, how many joins and rebuilds there are per day, and any other pertinent questions. During due diligence, you need to make sure everything is where you need it to be, technically, to integrate it with what you're already doing. You may even get your developer involved if you're not tech savvy. You and or your developer should ask these pertinent questions. Once those are answered to your satisfaction, you should either have the seller or yourself draw up a sales agreement. I always tell my clients to do the agreement. Why? Because that way you can dictate the terms. So whether you're the buyer or the seller, you can make the rules. But just get ready to have the seller's attorney change some of those rules. Nothing is final until everything is signed off on. Another thing we do for our clients is a letter of intent prior to the sales agreement being done. This gives your attorney a roadmap for the agreement. The letter of intent, and more so the agreement, will have all the terms involved, including who pays for everything, who pays for escrow, for instance. This can be paid by the buyer, the seller, or split between both parties. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And... Next week, we'll be speaking with Madam Bella Cummins of Bella's Hacienda Ranch. And that's it for this week's Adult Side Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Alex Luchinski. Talk to you again next week on Adult Side Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>